0: Every time.
2: A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1.
0: On this week's episode, can we train our dragon again for the third time? Our choice for the Oscars. And should lightsaber battles be an Olympic sport? All this and more as we reach our next stop... The PCC Multiverse.
2: Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry, that quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse.
0: And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great programs. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. He is the ship captain of the Golden Girls Cruise for Humanica Media. you got to check out everything going on today at his stop, HumanicaMedia.com, Humanica Media on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and so much more. It is Josh Peterson. Are you ready to set sail, my friend, to Cozumel and all those other great stops next year for the Golden Girls Cruise?
3: Yes. This is actually news to me. You just yeah this looks interesting we'll, we'll talk about this in a minute but yeah yeah sure
0: yeah yeah i'm gonna sing it again like i did the other day the love boat soon we'll be making another run but we are making another run right here on the pop culture cosmos we're gonna have a great show lined up for everyone out there today Just want to mention first that Jay Bartlett from Action Figures, the most powerful toy in the universe, is going to be stopping by. He also does a great show every Friday called The Galaxy Far, Far Away from his friends, the Nerdy Northerners Twitch channel. So you got to check that out every Friday night. Plus, we're going to be talking a lot of stuff when it comes to Gwyneth Paltrow leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Reggie Falam leaving Nintendo. We're going to talk a little bit about some Oscar thoughts, going to be talking about lightsaber battles, oh my gosh, and a whole bunch more. But yes, my friend, there is a Golden Girls Cruise set to begin next year. Are you going to be part of it?
3: Probably not, but it sounds fun. So I don't know where they're stopping. You know more about that, but I do know what's entailed. Like there's going to have a pub crawl. They're going to have a... Fancy dress party and dinner, bingo night, karaoke at Blanche's old haunt, the Rusty Anchor, and a Golden Girls stage show with drag queens, apparently, and a costume contest. So this does sound like something every Golden Girls fan would love. And if the Golden Girls were all still around, this feels like a party that they would put on. And it does sound like an amazing time.
0: Well, maybe Betty White will be there.
3: I feel like she will be for like the inaugural one. Maybe she will be there because it kind of seems... More like a Golden Girls convention on a boat than anything else. And what better place for her to be than a Golden Girls convention on a boat?
0: And they are hitting exotic places like Key West and Cozumel. So if you're interested in that, check that out. Just Google it. It's the Golden Girls Cruise. It's coming, I guess, late February, a year away, pretty much. It's just looking forward to that if you're a Golden Girls fan. I know Josh truly wants to be a part of it. But like I said, it's going to be a great show. We've got a lot of things to talk about. First off, a couple things we want to touch upon that we also talked about extensively on the Monday show, Alita Battle Angel. I know you got a chance to check it out, my friend. Your quick thoughts on Alita Battle Angel.
3: Yeah, so we did a Topicocalypse review of this last night, and the general consensus was that it was a good movie. Like, it was fun. It's not attached to any franchises, so that was nice. Because if you notice a trend in, in current blockbusters, anytime something new comes out, people want it to fail. Like if, if something is, uh, I, I, I mean, in terms of like blockbusters, you know, obviously like the smaller films have smaller budgets they're It's easier for them to succeed. But I feel like a lot of people wanted to lead a battle angel to fail. And I honestly feel like if it did not have James Cameron money behind it, it might not have been as good as it was. But no, it's a great movie. And like the the cool thing about it is, You know, it's a female protagonist. They're not trying to make a thing out of it. Like this is the movie where because female protagonists should always be a thing. There shouldn't be like a big deal made out of it. They should have always been there in the first place. And they did a great job just making her feel human to me. You sympathize with her like she's a cyborg, but she's still very human. So I don't want to give too much of the movie away. But like Christoph Waltz is really good. Ed Screen's in it for a little bit. Like there's a lot of mystery still because the material it's based on. I think it's two or three graphic novels, and you can buy. They, them. They,
0: I guess they smash a lot into one movie.
3: Yeah, but they it ends on a cliffhanger because they they're gonna do more, obviously. You know, because what can I describe about it? There's still, well, you
0: hope they can do more.
3: I hope that they do more. It hasn't opened in China or Japan yet, so I'm almost a hundred percent confident that it's going to make the five hundred million it needs to be profitable through China and Japan's box office, but none of it feels forced. It's all feels like a very fresh movie. And I, I really enjoyed it. So if you're I mean, I I, I would give it, you know, I would give it a, a nine out of 10, you know, and so if you're looking for something, something original, something cool, something like a good popcorn flick, Alita Battle Angel is definitely something you should check out. But I'll have more thoughts on *Topic Topicocalypse. You want to check out that next episode popping up on Saturday.
0: And that is, again, topic Topicocalypse on the topic Topicocalypse channel. That's going to be available, like you said, this weekend on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and so many other podcast outlets. The other thing I want to ask real quick is your thoughts on Anthem. I presumptuously said that the game has, was already going to be out on Tuesday. It's actually out now, as we say this in full. It was available on EA Early Access to many, many people, both customers and reviewers alike. So your thoughts with, on Anthem. It is out now. It's getting the reviews, like I said, right around what Destiny got in the six, seven, eight range, mainly six and sevens. And for the most part, the consensus is that it's an unfinished game that you might want to check in maybe a year from now.
3: This kind of sucks to me the way that they release this. So if you have the EA Origin account, you know I think it's like a hundred bucks a month or something. You got the game a week ago, right? And then if you're the other EA Access, you got it what three or four days ago. And now it's finally it comes out on Friday. Finally for everybody. And I, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts on this, and you know they've they've got their own thoughts. But here are mine. Like the people who pay a hundred dollars through EA Origin, they used them as beta testers, and that sucks to me because you're paying a hundred dollars. You want a good game. You want a complete game. You shouldn't be the one that's testing the game to see what's wrong with it. And from what I understand, there's a lot of things that are wrong with this game. Even the people who have EA Early Access are saying that. It feels incomplete, it's missing things, and like it feels rushed too in a lot of places. So like they have this thing on there where you go and you need to open a tomb, you know, and that'll take you to the final part of the game. And by the way, the game, if you play the game all the way through, it's only 10 hours. So you open this tomb and you have to do it, it's like a huge part of the story, but you need to kill three people with an assault rifle or resuscitate five people. It's all very stupid, achievie type things. And then when you go into this place, after you spend the whole game going on missions, doing this stuff, you go into it and it's nothing like it lasts like five seconds. You you don't really get a chance to explore because you're playing with people who trigger the next event. And it it's not fun in that regard. I hear the story is okay, but it's not something that feels like a Bioware game. And I think that is the issue right there is that EA needs to stop forcing Bioware to make these things that they aren't good at making.
0: I agree with you on that. They should go back to doing what they've done best in Mass Effect and Dragon Age. You know what? Keep pumping out good quality attempts at that. That's not named Andromeda. Don't give it to any side studios to go ahead and look because you saw what happened with the disaster known as Andromeda. When BioWare is focused on primarily on doing what it needs to do when it comes to a storytelling, first-person narrative or even what you're doing in Dragon Age, that's what they're best at, and that's what they should be doing because the story elements, the RPG elements, and everything going on with Anthem is either uh, frowned upon or thought of in a negative light, and it just looks like at this point in time that it is still in a very unfinished mode. This game should have been released for the holidays because by then you would have had an extra six to nine months to go ahead and be able to put out something that is a lot better and would have been a lot more likely to succeed on many levels. But at this point in time, Anthem looks to be a disappointment once again for EA and Bioware. This weekend at the box office is going to be the last major movie before we really get into some good stuff when it comes to Captain Marvel and us and and some other stuff coming down the line in March. But for now, for at least for the next two weeks, the focus turns to, in the movie world, to How to Train Your Dragon 3. I know you and I have been at each other's throat a little bit when it comes to our differences of opinion on the How to Train Your Dragon series. I don't have a favorable opinion of it. I tried to sit through number one. I wasn't enthralled by it at all. The reviews are are kind of good for How to Train Your Dragon 3, so a lot of people may be liking it. Your thoughts on How to Train Your Dragon 3 this weekend, scheduled to do here domestically in the US around $40 million. I've said that before, though, with Glass and the Lego Movie Two, and we saw what happened there. But your thoughts on How to Train Your Dragon Three as it hits theaters this weekend?
3: I don't really want to say anything about it until I see it because I'm excited to see it. I hope it does well. I well don't what have... does the
0: series mean to you? Because <laughs> this will be the last one.
3: I mean, I, I wouldn't say that it's like a emotional staple of my life, but like it's as far as animated movies go, like. Yeah, it's the first animated movie that I've truly gotten into since, you know, Toy Story or or Shrek even. And it even as an adult, I'm finding that I can watch it. I can sit down, watch it, enjoy it many times before I become sick of it. And it does tug at the emotional strings. You know, you you see, they're not afraid to dive into dark topics. They're not afraid to, you know, to portray death or portray like the more insane and power hungry sides of man and they're able to capture it in a way that still makes it kid friendly and there's there are very few people very few filmmakers that or even studios that are willing to take a chance on something like that so to me that it all comes together perfectly and i you know i'm hoping that how to train your dragon 3 is good but like one and two were amazing you know and two was really sad like it's the only animated movie that's ever like kind of like brought tears to my eyes because They are, you do become so attached to these characters. So you feel like you're emotionally invested in a lot of them.
0: Well, it looks like it's going to be a movie that a lot of people will be enjoying, at least to finish out this trilogy. This well, unless it makes a ton of cash, then they might reconsider that at DreamWorks. But uh, they're, they're advertising it as the last entry in the How to Train Your Dragon series. It is How to Train Your Dragon 3. It is coming to theaters. Hopefully my mind can be changed about it, and maybe I, I might even take a venture and taking a look at it and seeing if it's something worth going ahead and maybe delving back into the series as a whole. So let's hope How to Train Your Dragon 3 does become a success of the box office and hopefully ends this trilogy on a high note.
2: You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Looking for an itch,
0: The next time you take on your favorite video game, then check out Vitabrace High Performance Gamer Wristbands. Packed with the power of fruit seed oil, Vitabrace is clinically proven to help improve performance, giving you a better gaming experience. Head to MiracleFruitOil.com and use the promo code MEDIA10 to get $10 off your Vitabrace purchase. Whether you're looking to beat the time on your latest speed run or are fighting your way to the top on your favorite multiplayer or battle royale, Vitabrace can help you reach your gaming goals. Buy Vitabrace today at MiracleFruitOil.com. That's MiracleFruitOil.com. Vitabrace. Win with it. My friend, just wanted to ask you real quick on a couple more things heading into the pop culture realm. And one of the things was Gwyneth Paltrow announcing that she is effectively leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe after whatever takes place in Avengers Endgame. She said she would probably do maybe a cameo or a one-off or a one-day shoot type deal down the road. She said she wouldn't be opposed to that, but her duties as the president and CEO of Goop and uh, you know any other projects she wants to do as far as an actress is concerned are going to preclude anything down the road. She said she was a little too old for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which, as she put it, a paraphrasing here, to get into the Iron Man suit one more time, then I, I don't know what that says. Uh, obviously, she might have a turn in the Iron Man suit at some point in Avengers Endgame, but your thoughts on Gwyneth Paltrow leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the role that she's most famous for when it comes to Pepper Potts.
3: Can I be honest for a minute? You, you, I would hope you're honest every minute, but go okay. ahead. I She was my least favorite part about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I always thought, that she was too plain to play pepper pots like she either needed to be more attractive or less attractive if that makes sense because all the various portrayals of pepper Potts, she was either a smoking hot redhead or she's a super nerdy redhead i don't know she didn't really bring a lot to the movies you know i love i liked her interactions with colson but other than that like she always just kind of annoyed me and i'm you know i I just—I know that sounds mean, but like I just never really cared about her that much. And then on the other side of that, what does this spoil about in game? Right? She's saying that she's leaving; she won't be coming back. What does that say about what's going to happen in in game? Does it say Iron Man's going to die? Who knows, man? Or, or does
0: that mean Iron Man's going to stay, and maybe something happens to her?
3: But yeah, maybe she knows? dies. But then if she's teasing a cameo or comeback, like who knows? And I know the only reason she got that role in the first place was because she was friends with John Favreau and he he gave he gave her the role. So, I don't know, I would have loved to see somebody else play it, somebody with a little more energy on screen than what she offers. So, and from what I understand too, like she was kind of a not a very kind person behind the scenes and that kind of always made me dislike her even more. It kind of feels like they're going to spoiler territory here, maybe saying we're not going to see something's going to happen to Iron Man or something's going to happen between the two of them. It's a very iffy thing. I feel like Marvel just needs to stop letting their actors and actresses say things, (laughs) you know, about relating to the films. But I don't know. You obviously have some thoughts on this. So, so well, They should they
0: should put a universal gag order on all of them, especially Tom Holland and Mark Ruffalo. I think that's where it should start, because I know those two are just... If Loose Lips sink ships, they would sink an armada. Let's just put it right there for you. But to me, I didn't think she was so bad. I thought she's done okay with, with the role. I, I, the role doesn't offer very much, except for her turn in Iron Man 3. I think that was the only time we really got to see her extend herself at really as a Pepper Potts character. I think otherwise she's not been given much material, to, you know, to, uh, other than just those conversations that she had, uh, which I like her bounce. I like her chemistry with Robert Downey Jr. Those two seem to have a good chemistry to me. Anyways, I know you noted her and Coulson, but I note more her character and Tony Stark, actually, their repertoire, their arguments, their battles internally, I kind of look forward to that. But yeah, she didn't really get, at times, much to do in, in some of the Iron Mans as much as I would have hoped, and as much as a, a, of an integral part that she is in the comic books. If that's her wish, that's fine. I still think she could have many more years to come in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but she wasn't as, as integral as a Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, those individuals, obviously them deciding to leave the Marvel Cinematic Universe is of uh, larger importance because they hold more weight than Gwyneth Paltrow's character. But you know what, If, if she has so much to do as far as what she's doing in real life, I can't blame her for doing that. But what her comments were in regards to two old in her mind for putting on the Iron Man suit tells me something is going to happen with her and Avengers Endgame.
3: Yeah, (laughs) it wouldn't be the end of the world for me if she disappeared from the franchise.
0: Just like I said, she is not the biggest character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So all the best to her in her future endeavors. Maybe we'll see her pop up maybe for a cameo or a flashback or something later on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Who knows? That all depends on what goes on in Avengers Endgame and if Tony Stark's character actually lives and makes it through the entire picture.
3: Before we move on to something else, I do want to touch briefly in the area of Marvel. You know how we're always talking about how we love to see Black Widow have her own merchandise? So like little girls have action figures and stuff like that to play with. Have you been to Target lately?
0: Oh, pray tell. what What is that okay. Target on my well, I
3: went over to Target today because I had to pick up a, I still write my appointments in a notebook i don't like doing it on the phone so i had to go buy one of those but as i was walking through they have captain marvel stuff everywhere workout clothes coffee mugs motivational posters school supplies they have captain marvel child-sized dolls they have captain marvel action figures they have captain marvel play sets like they are really marketing the bejesus out of captain marvel and I'm stoked, but at the same time, I think it's a little bit of overkill. Like, we, they don't need Captain Marvel workout clothes. Like, they could just buy a t shirt with Captain Marvel stuff on there. It doesn't have to be labeled as workout clothes. This just goes to show that they're, I don't know, I feel like they're over marketing. I'm stoked about the toys, though. I love the idea that they're. Out the comic books in the book section, you can pick up uh, dolls that have changeable costumes. They have Barbie-sized Captain Marvels for for that type of thing. You can change her costume. You can take her helmet on and off. Like there's a lot of cool stuff out there, and I'm stoked that they got it. But at the same time, how much is too much? You know?
0: Well, you don't know what's going to hit or not, my friend. I mean, if it's a hit with the ladies and it makes money for Marvel, all the better. I mean, Marvel has. Like Star Wars and so many other things out there, if they want to go ahead and put out as much as they can, see what sticks, see what doesn't. If Captain Marvel does well, which we assume it will be because it's now projected to do over $100 million alone in this first weekend, then you know what? We'll save that for the sequel and maybe put out less. But if it bites, you know what? You only have one time to try and go ahead and put it out. I've talked to you before about Walmart. Walmart in turn, what I saw, only had one Captain Marvel t-shirt in the whole store that I saw last week. And in the past, I've criticized Walmart and praised them for other things. They've done some great job on other things, but I've criticized them for not having enough Marvel or Avengers stuff in advance. They certainly take care of Star Wars, but Avengers stuff like Avengers Infinity War last year, they didn't have really anything to offer for adults. And that kind of irritated me. And then going in captain marvel they don't have much in the offering as well so now know that target is the place to go for captain marvel stuff that's pretty cool speaking of star wars and marvel my friend i'm going to tell everybody something on the inside here before we go to a break here i had a dream about us man
3: jerry where are you going with this
0: I, <laughs> I had a legitimate dream about this, man, because it was in between the time that I hit the alarm and I went back to sleep. You know how you got to go back to sleep and because nobody actually wakes up at the real time that their alarm tells them to.
3: Okay.
0: We're walking around back and forth around a backyard, man. It's so weird because I'm walking behind you and you're mad. So after 10 minutes, I finally walk up and you tap you on the shoulder. What's up, man? I'm sorry for anything I did, man. What's wrong? What's wrong, man? Dude, all we talk about on the show is Star Wars and Marvel. Mm. My answer, it's a pop culture show, man. Oh, there is a Star Wars and Marvel.
3: Right, right. Does anything else matter? Apparently not, according to Disney, but who knows? You know, everyone's got their thing.
0: And then I woke up and had to take the kids to school. So there you go. Little yeah. insight on Gerald and actually how much I think of the pop culture cosmos. It's
3: just the, the wheel goes round and round and round, stopping yes, it at it Star is scary. Star Wars model usually.
0: Yes, it is very scary. Believe me, I was as scared as you when I woke up. But I will say, before we head on out, your thoughts on Richie Philam leaving Nintendo of the United States. He's He's been a part of it for so many years now. Obviously, very responsible for for a lot of its successes with the Wii and now the Switch, and some of its failures when it concerns the Wii U. But also, again, like I said, the successes of the 3DS, the Switch, and also the Nintendo Wii. Your thoughts on Reggie Falam, who's been a long time part of the Nintendo equation when it comes to the US side of things, and his departure from Nintendo come April?
3: So it's funny because I remember on the Super B.S. Gamescast, Brank used to always make jokes about Reggie being in the studio and uh, <laughs> always made me laugh. But he's done a great job, honestly, like he is someone who truly learns from his mistakes. You know, I love him and I love Phil Spencer. And I'm I, who? Uh, I'm having a brain fart. Sony guy, what's his name? Uh, well, it
0: was Jack Trent, but it's now someone totally different.
3: Yeah, but yeah, that like I... Because I, that,
0: because uh, Phil Layton or not Phil.
3: Yeah, uh, the, the, the
0: cur- the, he's going to be leaving too. And then there's going to be a new PlayStation CEO too.
3: Okay, yeah. So I, the, I've the i always loved like Nintendo and Microsoft. Like I love... Or their... are you
0: talking about Sony? Uh, are you talking about Kaz himself? who's the, Who was the head of Sony?
3: No, no, the head of PlayStation like cuz cuz Microsoft and Nintendo they always learn from their mistakes and they're always trying to better themselves at least in recent years. And you know, Reggie was he did a great job. He 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 was around with the release of the Wii, which was I would say a fairly successful system. And then the Wii U was not so successful, but he they did a great job as far as launching the Nintendo Switch in America goes. And so that's something that is people will always remember because this console is you know it's still doing great and all of his tv appearances his e3 appearances like he's been a good dude you can watch him at these shows he's not full of himself he's 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 very he has a lot of camaraderie like he's willing to joke around with the other bigs and like it i've always liked him and i think that it's sad to see him go because he's been the face that fans have identified with for all these years and i wish him the best i honestly do and There's another interesting thing that came out on Nintendo today, too, and I wonder if Reggie has a hand in this, the idea that the collaborations between Xbox and and Nintendo, because they're always kind of loaning properties to each other, but something came out today, dropped on GameInformer.com, that Xbox Games Pass might soon be available on Nintendo Switch.
0: That's correct. That's actually been rumored for now for a few days, I believe, And that's something that, if it comes to fruition, would be a great sign for gamers. And it just shows that they're both trying to cooperate as far as the overall gaming field. Yes, they're competitors, but it just shows that they both are now focused on having the gamer first and foremost in their minds, and that is to be greatly applauded and greatly appreciated. Reggie, Philam my thoughts on nintendo have swayed over the years i've been harsh on them during the wii u years and some other years as far as their actions they obviously to me still to this day didn't get into mobile soon enough but you know what when all is said and done you can't argue with the success that they've had over for for most of the years that they've been out and my congratulations on that success to reggie flam and the entire team at nintendo and here's hoping forward that Reggie Flam's successor that's coming in April will go ahead and walk that same path and make those same great decisions along with obviously everybody at Nintendo in Japan that they'll continue to make those great steps at Nintendo going forward.
3: Oh, I was going to say, and hopefully the next person in charge can maybe look a little more like Mario. The fans all have spoken.
0: Okay. Well, if you know, if they do a vote, you know, it's going to go, it's a me, it's a Mario. I hope so. My friend, the Oscars comes this Sunday, and I would be remiss if we didn't actually break down the Oscars, at least the top four categories of it, my friend. So real quick, your thoughts on the top four categories, and we're going to start off with Best Actor. Let's go ahead with the Best Actor nominees right now. Christian Bale in Vice, Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born, Willem Dafoe in At Eternity's Gate, Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody, and Viggo Mortensen in Green Book. I'm going to go with Rami Malek, only because I think the momentum's behind him. Although, I will tell you again, Josh, as I've told you before, I think Sasha Baron Cohen should have been given a chance
3: originally to do the role. He had a team that was originally like working on a script for this movie, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah, and it fell through. but And unfortunately, he couldn't come to agreement on the actual... I guess with Queen, I think, itself. I think they had issues on exactly where they wanted to go with it.
3: I want to give it my boy Aragorn Vigo Mortensen.
0: Best Actress category, you have Yalitza Aparicio in Roma, Glenn Close in The Wife, Olivia Colman in The Favorite, Lady Gaga in A Star is Born, and Melissa McCarthy in Can You Ever Forgive Me? I'm going to say a lot of momentum is behind Lady Gaga at this point, so she is my pick to go ahead and win the category of Best Actress
3: in the Oscars. You know, I'm going to have to second that. Lady Gaga is... Not a movie star, but I think that she found her movie niche in A Star is Born.
0: Best director Alfonso Cuarón in Roma, Yorgos Latinmos in The Favorite, Spike Lee in Black Klansman, Adam McKay in Vice, and Paul Polakowski in Cold War. I I told you this on our top 10 movie deal when we talked about the best movies of the year for 2018. Roma was on my list as far as on the back end, I believe at number eight, if I'm not mistaken. And I thought all of it was because of not only the performance of Yelitsa Aparicio, but I also thought Afonso Cuaron, I think he is going to get the nod for best director.
3: I think Spike Lee should get it. Black Landsman was honestly like, it was good. It had a good message and it wasn't obnoxious in the delivery of it. And I give him props for that. So I want to go with Spike Lee.
0: Last but not least, we have Best Picture, and Best Picture, you have Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Roma, Green Book, A Star is Born, and Vice. I'm going to go with Black Panther. We've talked about the social importance of the movie itself, and I think that's going to carry weight with the Oscar voters, and I think Black Panther is going to come
3: out on top. I want to go with Black Klansmen again, because it was a great movie. It had a good message. It was delivered well. And in a world where social issues are super important in film, apparently, judging by the best picture category, I think that Black Klansmen did it well. And I would love to see them win the award.
0: And that's our choices for the Oscars. But it is going to be a great show we have out there for you. We've got a lot of great things still left to talk about because coming up right after the break, we've got Jay Bartlett from A Galaxy Far, Far Away on the Nerdy Northerners Twitch channel. He's coming up to talk about his part in the upcoming documentary, Action Figures, The Most Powerful Toy in the Universe, plus also what he does when it concerns his great show every Friday night on the Nerdy Northerners channel, A Galaxy Far, Far Away. We're also going to be asking if lightsaber battles should actually become an Olympic sport and a tribute as well to Peter
2: Torque of the Monkeys. This is
0: Alright, we're back with the program. Once again, it's Gerald Glassford from the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you so much for watching and listening to all of our great stuff. We just cannot thank you enough for doing so. Well, I had to sit this guy down to talk with him a little bit about what he's doing because he has burst back into the pop culture scene once again. No, we're not talking about Overwatch this time because he is our Overwatch expert, but <laughs> it's, it's kind of a lull right now with Overwatch League and whatnot. He's doing some other things, including involving himself once again with his mischievous best friend, lifelong best friend, I must say, Rob McCallum, that troublemaker himself from the yeah. Cosmic Crossfire. Yeah. He, these two are are added once again with Justin Schoenrock, Those three are getting together to create action figures, the most powerful toy in the universe. The documentary is scheduled to be out sometime late next year. They're actually shooting on it right now as we speak. Also, he's doing a great show called A Galaxy Far, Far Away. It's a rebirth of sorts. It's now part of the Nerdy Northerners plan that's out there. So you want to catch all the things that Nerdy Northerners are doing out there. It is my good friend who is still the star that you can catch on one of the best documentaries of the past 10 years in <laughs> Nintendo Quest. Hey, it is. <laughs> Jay it's Bartlett. You know I got to give the intro, man. I got to give you always a great intro. Do
1: you really feel that way? Do you, do you still watch it? Once I year? still <laughs> watch it occasionally,
0: <laughs> and but it's still one of the best documentaries, I'd say, in, in the past 10 years. I mean, oh, I man. would put that up there with with some of the best work that, that he has done. And obviously, you were very much a part of it. So great to have you on the show. Mark. That's
1: great. It's good to be back, man. And yeah, I mean, the state of Overwatch. I mean, maybe you want to save that for another show, but not not too excited about that.
0: Well, you know, with Apex Legends now out, and that's the yeah. flavor of the month, so sort to of speak. Yeah. Fortnite is, I guess, feeling it. I, I got to eat a little bit of crow because I thought Fortnite wouldn't feel it too much from Apex Legends, but I I think I'm going to be eating a little bit crow here. Anthem, which I know Josh and I talked about recently on the Monday episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos, that we talked about Anthem is—I uh, don't not sure because we love Bioware so much, but this Destiny clone may or may not work out long term for the company, especially the fact that EA. Where does its allegiance tie because Apex Legends is so hot and they just released it? Now they've got one that you have to pay $60 for and they're trying to promote that as well. And then you've got Battlefield 5 coming out with a Battle Royale of their own next month. So, you know, it, where are their loyalties going to lie long term? We have to wait and see on that. But Overwatch, it's still there. You're still the man in charge of that. Anytime Overwatch does still try to come to fruition as a game that people still want to play. I know it's losing a little bit of luster. I'm, I'm not going to kid you wrong, my friend. And I think the the future of that and Activision and Blizzard is in question. I know we talked about before in the past, and now Call of Duty is now doing its own centralized league, like Overwatch the <laughs> You know, if somebody else has got to do it, you know what? Call of Duty has got to do their own league with cities and all that too. So, so many things going on in the video gaming world. But your thoughts real quick before we head into all the projects that you're doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, Overwatch has definitely plummeted in in my eyes. The last developer update I saw with Jeff Kaplan, the lead designer, he said they were basically focusing everything into the Overwatch League, which I think is fantastic. But these games that kind of, I call them games that live forever, they're designed to go all year round and keep you playing and playing. One of the things about Overwatch was the seasonal events, right? That was kind of the thing. And they're just repeating. They're not, they haven't added anything new since last April. And so I've really kind of lost interest in it. And they keep messing with the characters and the balancing. And uh, they come up with events that are nothing more than five or six different skins. And I don't know, I think their, their old model of loot boxes is just kind of, it's outdated. They really need to get with the times. And I don't know, I don't know what's going on with Blizzard, Gerald, but Well, I know they should have never partnered with Activision, but that's another story.
0: That is another story entirely. I think Bungie made the right move to disassociate themselves from the Activision Blizzard umbrella, and now are going at it solo in their own type of deals, trying to go ahead and self-publish. Although I think they'll probably go ahead and reach out to somebody eventually and maybe get some help along the way, at least initially, whatever it is they try to go ahead and produce from here on out. And... It is something that, you know, for Overwatch fans out there who this time last year had a lot to crow about as far as a lot to look forward to, a lot of good things coming up, characters, which everybody seemed to embrace. But Apex Legends, one of the things about Apex Legends, yes, it feels like a Call of Duty in many ways, but it has so many influences. I know Josh talked about Borderlands. I know a lot of people have talked a little bit about Fortnite. I know a lot of people have talked about other games as well but one of the things that i really focused on is the character models and the character association that only seems to come from one game i know of and that is overwatch
1: yeah i mean i I played a very little bit of it i've seen a lot of it being played and right off the bat aesthetically i didn't like it it's very call of duty which i'm not a fan of the, the down the scope kind of thing you know one reason i do like overwatch and i do like Fortnite is the cartoony graphics um and the Battle Royale stuff seems to be the flavor of the year, which is just totally fine. The same thing happened when GTA 3 came out and kind of blew up the open world scene. But for me, it's just, it's, it's just EA, you know, publishing giant that they are, taking bits and pieces of all these successful games and mashing it into their version. I don't see anything particularly special with it. That being said, I don't see how people have time to invest into all these Battle Royale games. They're all very grindy. Fortnite, PUBG, they're all very grindy. They're all designed to keep you playing. And like you said, you know, I see a little bit of Fortnite slipping now because you pay for the battle pass to get all these skins and stuff throughout that season, and now they're doing challenges where you can actually get the battle pass for free. So they would have never done that, you know, before Apex came out. They didn't have to. So I think uh yeah, Apex is really nipping at their heels.
0: We'll see how it is 6 to 9 months down the line are they going to go ahead and be able to provide enough continuous fresh content? Because to me, honestly, that's one of the main reasons why Fortnite has become so successful is because of the fact they're always making it a fresh concept. Something new is always being added. Something always new is being introduced. Something's being taken out or that's going to be reused again down the line that keeps everything fresh, yeah. new seasons provided. Will apex legends, learn from this and be able to do the same things for its growing consumer base we'll have to wait and see overwatch did that for quite some time but you're right it looks like it's on the downhill slide do you think it has any chance of recovering and what do you think they need to do in order for it to recover like you said regain your faith in the game and regain your interest as well
1: it's funny now that
0: you see all this overwatch
1: merchandise come out and i've spent a ton on overwatch as you know. I, I, Huge fan of the the series, but it's funny. It's like all their money. It's like, what what are you guys doing here, right? It's going into merchandise. You know, there's Lego now. There's a new six inch figure line, and then the other the other end of it, it's going all into the Overwatch League. And and what's the first thing you want to do after you watch an Overwatch League game? You want to play Overwatch. Now my problem is if you're not if you're not keeping the core gamer satisfied with your core game. You don't have anything. You're not going to have an Overwatch league because no one's going to care. I, I it, it must be something I'm missing, Gerald. I don't understand what Blizzard is doing here. Why they don't have money? You know, look look at Fortnite. And again, this is not a direct comparison because they're apples to oranges. But if you look at their store and how it rotates every 24 hours, sure, you have to spend real money. But it's like here's the skin you want. It you have 24 hours, and there's a bunch of other things you can buy too. I think that's really cool and i think the loot box only model of overwatch needs to be rehauled because it's very very stale especially when you've been playing for a few years and you have everything so you're constantly just getting doubles and that that idea of chance i think isn't is alluring is okay this skin may be 20 bucks but you know what here you go you can get it if you want
0: and i think pubg which initially was the leader in the battle royale genre yeah. then fortnite took their model and just destroyed it They have, in the past six months, recovered greatly from that, especially on consoles as they've actually moved on to the console formats. And I think they've gone ahead and established themselves as a clear number two in the world of battle royale genres until Apex Legends gets there, but it could be very soon. PUBG actually has reinvigorated itself by modeling themselves in many ways after what Fortnite has done as well.
1: I haven't played since I, I this was a while back last year when I, I believe they announced the joker and harley quinn as playable skins uh, so i haven't played since then but that certainly is you know Fortnite had the the uh, infinity gauntlet event last summer so i can see what they're doing they both borrow heavily off each other I and mean, i can't i can't remember where i read this article but it was really great and, and the editor just basically said i miss what made battle royale games good which was that fear like if you played PUBG, you were terrified. It was very, very scary. And somewhere down the line, that got kind of lost with Fortnite. And and now with Apex, I think it's so fast-paced. And I don't think it has the same effect as PUBG, where you just hear a bullet whiz by your head and you're like, oh my God, and you run into a building and you just sit there with your gun to the door. I mean, that stuff was exciting.
0: When it comes to action figures, the most powerful toy in the universe. You know, there's, I'm sure, a lot of work involved. And he said you're going to be working with him over the next, what, six to eight months. He said he's going to be working with you at least until the end of this year, if I'm not mistaken.
1: That hasn't been finalized yet. The climax, I don't want to say the climax, but kind of the, kind of the end of the my portion of the film... As you know, a cause I believe in very much is the Children's Health Foundation here, which I did for many years with my uh, Star Wars group that is no longer around. But we want to continue, and Rob very much believes in that too. So my part is very much like Nintendo Quest, where I'm gonna go out and do the adventure stuff, which we love to do. And whatever rare figures that I collect through my Quest, we are gonna have the auction, wherever that takes place, it's still up in the air at this point but all the proceeds are gonna to go to Children's Health. So I get to do and collect and see all these really cool figures and take that trip down memory lane again, but it's not self-serving. It's very important. You know, it's not It's not stuff that's going to me for my needs. It's going to something far greater in my opinion. It's going to help kids, you know, that really need it.
0: Absolutely, and that's something he stressed too and emphasized when I spoke to him about it, that there is an end goal four action figures, the most powerful toy in the universe that has a good heart. A lot of the stuff that, that you're going to be doing and a lot of the proceeds that you'll be working with as far as some of the action figures that I guess people can bid on eventually, some of them, mind you, that will be available for auction. Some of those proceeds will go to the Children's Health Foundation that you have been so much of a part of for so many years now. And and it can't get any better than that, then not only you get to work with your best friend, but also you get to do a great thing that obviously warms the heart and and does so much for so many good people.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's really nothing disingenuous about it at all. Doing this stuff, visiting the hospitals is really great, but it kind of got to a point, I think, with everyone involved, maybe, I don't know, I can't speak for them, but for myself, I wanted to do more. I wanted to to make more of a difference. It was great taking them out of, you know, their pain for five minutes or whatever. I mean, that feels really good on its own, but I want to do more. I want to help more. I want to maybe have funding enough to, so they can buy that piece of equipment they need or, you know, whatever. It's really important. So that's
0: just kind of like the next step in the evolution of what's going on with me and the Children's Health Foundation. Absolutely, and it's all part of Action Figures, the most powerful toy in the universe. Please, if you're interested in getting updates and more information on it, you just got to go today to Rob McCallum Films on Facebook or robmccallumfilms.com. Jay and Rob are constantly filling those sites with information and updates on what's going on with Action Figures, the most powerful toy in the universe. They've already started shooting and they're already getting some great ideas. In fact, if you want to actually be a part of the movie itself and you have some action figures that you think Jay and Rob would be interested in, just go ahead and check out robmccallumfilms.com or robmccallumfilms on Facebook. They've got a little questionnaire for you to answer. So if you've really got something that would be a great part of the documentary coming up, they'd love to have you put it on the show. And once again, I'm talking to Jay Bartlett. He's doing so much with action figures, the most powerful toy in the universe. But you said yourself that you just want to do more. And in fact, you are doing more than that because you have revived a show that means I know so much to you in a galaxy far, far away. It obviously ties into one of the great loves of your life being one of our Star Wars aficionados. So tell me a little bit more about what you're doing with the nerdy northerners and a galaxy far, far away.
1: Yeah. So I had my audio podcast uh, a few years back and. That kind of went away and i stopped doing that for a while with my buddy josh and started doing the echo three stuff and i just i noticed over the years that i really like to talk i talk a lot a lot of really star- i
2: would
0: never notice that yeah
1: a lot about star wars and theories and how we would start talking about harrison ford and how that would get into politics somehow or that would get into you know acting and
3: Everything came from
1: Star Wars and somewhere ended back on Star Wars. And I was always really a big fan of Bill Burr's Monday Morning podcast. And if you ever listen to Bill Burr or Joe Rogan, a huge fan of that show and how it's just hit play and go. And they just talk. There might be a few points here or there, Joe Rogan especially. So they'll just start talking and it leads to whatever. Really, really a big fan of that because I like to do that myself. So, like, I posted—not really an ad, but kind of—I just posted on Facebook saying, "Hey, you know, kind of looking for a co-host to get Galaxy Far, Far Away back up." And I was just thinking audio, and uh, I got a message from uh, Jake who uh, runs Nerdy Northerners, which is a fantastic network here in London, Ontario. They do a live Dungeons and Dragons show, which to me that concept was like. You know, the first time you heard about Twitch, it's like, what do you mean I'm going to watch this guy play video games? Like, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. It's like, why would I want to do that? And so he does a D&D show. I'm like, people watch you play Dungeons & Dragons. It's like, yeah, man, check it out. So I watched a few episodes, and uh, he expressed interest in hosting it. He had all the equipment, the cameras, and all that stuff. And my concept is pretty easy. Again, hit recording and just talk. Talk until you don't want to talk anymore. And I was going to have a co-host, and that kind of fell through, and I kind of just realized that I needed to do it myself. So I wanted to do it live. So it's live on Twitch every Friday night at Nerdy Northerners. And then I would have rotating guests that's somewhat tied to Star Wars. Now I have a few – I have guests booked up for the next couple months almost, but it's guests that you know are cosplayers, are Star Wars fans, pop culture fans. Somehow it ties into Star Wars – but it's also going to bleed into these other things as well. And it's really just, you know, dudes talking about nerd stuff. The concept is really interesting to me, and I'm having a blast doing it. It's so fun.
0: And once again, you can catch his show in its entirety at a Galaxy Far, Far Away. It is available on the Nerdy Northerners Twitch channel. Once again, that's the Nerdy Northerners Twitch channel, Every Friday night, and it's also available if you just want to go ahead and catch it anytime as far as the full hour plus long shows. And in fact, I just worked out a deal behind the scenes backstage, really type almost bordering on the gray, illegal, dark side type of deals with Jay that... We may actually play a portion of each episode and go ahead and remaster it onto a podcast in and of itself on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel here, but the full version, I will tell you, will be on the Nerdy Northerners Twitch channel, and just so great to even have the opportunity to play your show, to give everyone a taste out there so they can go ahead and catch your show in its entirety. Oh,
1: that's wonderful. You know, I'm all about family and i'm all about everybody helping each other out so i think that's fantastic and what a great opportunity your your show is amazing and you have rob on here and sorry about that but
0: (laughs) (laughs) sometimes so am i the way he goes and gets on my case but you know what it's he's my friend and i appreciate having him on but that's why we love
1: him and you know what He, he speaks the truth and i think Not a lot of people do that. People tend to filter themselves because they want to be PC or whatever the case is. And Rob doesn't. Rob just says it how it is. And if you like it, you like it. And if not,
0: that is Rob to a T. Once again, I'm on with Jay Bartlett. He is from Action Figures, the most powerful toy in the universe. That's coming up as a documentary sometime, most likely in late 2020. Although you'll get more news and information if you check out the Rob or Rob McCallum Films Facebook page. Jay is also hosting each and every Friday night on the Nerdy Northerners Twitch channel, a galaxy far far away, where it's all Star Wars talk, a lot of great stuff that you're talking about there, including everything going on with the Star Wars and pop culture stuff. Once again, it is Jay Bartlett, the star of Action Figures, the most powerful toy in the universe. You also got to check out his awesome other starring role in Nintendo Quest. That's available today. Just check out RobMcCallumFilms.com to find out how you can watch it or order it. And then, of course, you got to catch him every Friday on the Nerdy Northerners Twitch channel with his show, A Rebirth of a Galaxy Far, Far Away. My friend, it's been great having you on this show and great having you part of the Pop Culture Cosmos. But before we leave, I need you to do a promo for me uh, that I can go ahead and play every week so people can get a taste of the Galaxy Far, Far Away on our Pop Culture Cosmos channel.
1: Guys, please join me every single Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on Twitch for Galaxy
0: Far, Far Away, the show, on the Nerdy Northerners Network. Awesome, indeed. Another great time with Jay Bartlett I had, and I hopefully you had too. We thank you so much for being a part of the show, my friend. Hopefully you'll come back on soon. We can talk more Star Wars or anything you want to talk about, Overwatch, video games, even more action figures. It's all good when I'm with you, my friend, because I'm so thankful that you're part of the pop culture cosmos.
2: If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only 5 minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves.
0: If you need a listing of where we're at because we're being played all around the world seven days a week on great radio stations, you can get a listing of those great radio stations on our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page, plus also Twitter and Instagram. They have those schedules. And if you need a listing where we're being played out for podcasting purposes, because you can download our show at any point in time, it has a listing of many of those podcasting options as well. My friend, you've got a great thing going on with Humanica Media. So, share it to the world, my friend, what's going on with the latest and greatest at Humanica Media.
3: We just put out a new episode of Topic Acolypse yesterday, part two of the award show, where we discuss our best albums of 2018. There's a lot of variety, except for Daniel, who had two artists. And if you listen to Topic Acolypse, you're probably already able to guess who they are. So, check it out. A lot of very unique tastes in music between all of us. We didn't really agree on anything so very interesting episode check it out available now podbean itunes podcast.com google play spotify all the usual places
0: and that's again topic eclipse that's now available on all your favorite podcasting options i want to thank jay bartlett again for stopping by and telling his thoughts on what's going on with action figures the most powerful toy in the universe and his show every friday night which you got to catch in full a galaxy far far away on the nerdy northerners Twitch channel. Speaking of Star Wars, which is something Jay loves to talk about, your thoughts on something that happened that was very interesting this week that did trend on our Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page. The country of France has actually authorized lightsaber battles as an official professional sport. Thinking on top of that, your thoughts on if maybe, possibly, lightsaber battles should become an Olympic sport somewhere down the road
3: the nerd in me says yes but the realist in me says it won't because it's just not star wars is fun but it's star wars you know it it only appeals to a certain group of people certain demographic of people and again like what about what about China right like they they're not as as historically involved in star wars as the rest of us and all these countries that like this is a very serious thing for them and i feel like it it would be kind of a they would see it as the people not taking the olympics seriously but that's just my thing because also if star wars becomes a professional sport in the olympics who's to say quidditch isn't going to come next you know as much as i love to see quidditch in the olympics it just it seems very unlikely I want them to get esports in first and then maybe that could open the door for something like this. But, you know, again, I'm I'm probably wrong because when it comes to Star Wars, I really can't predict anything anymore. If it does come
0: to fruition, my money could be either on the UK team with Daisy Ridley or on the US team with Adam Driver. I think Adam Driver is American, right? Yes. Okay, so Adam Driver. <laughs> so I'm just making sure. I don't know. They're all being played by British actors and actresses it's these days. Who, so I...
3: who knows though, right? Because there wasn't actually any real lightsaber battles in The Last Jedi.
0: Well, okay, real as in okay, Luke
3: when they were Ghosts. Luke was a Force Ghost, and Daisy Ridley and uh, Mister Solo didn't technically clash lightsabers at all. They just kind of swung them at the other guys.
0: Oh, he was born in an awesome city, San Diego. So we'll give him props on that. So, yes, kind of Driver is <laughs> He's it. a San Diegan. Yes, oh, man. man. Where Matty Machado will be for the next 10 years and collecting a lot of cash living right there in La Jolla, Bed. bet. Well, what about the, against when they were buff, battling the guard and disposing of him? That's kind of a lighter saber battle.
3: But it wasn't a lightsaber duel. Okay, fine, fine. We're being technical here.
0: Well, as long as Mark Hamill's the coach, there you go.
3: <laughs> oh man, there's going to be a lot of memes made about that.
0: Yes, yes, there will be. There will be indeed. If you have any questions about anything we talked about today or your thoughts on the Oscars, just let us know. PopcultureCosmos at yahoo.com. Also, as well, PopcultureCosmos, Humanity Media, and game source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Share us your thoughts on any one of those platforms, and we'll be able to go ahead and see what you think of anything we talked about on today's program. Any last thoughts on the way out, my friend?
3: No, there was something I didn't want to talk about, but I don't remember what it was. So I will get back to you next time. And uh, it's been fun, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks again for listening in,
0: indeed. Just want to send one last moment of silence, if we can, just real quick for Peter Torque of the Monkeys, a group which actually really just helped me out during my childhood years as far as the music that I love so much. I enjoyed the show. I know you had a little bit to say about it as well, my friend. But, you, you know, I'm just as a huge fan of the Monkees and actually someone that's seen them in the concert, I'm just truly saddened to hear. And I know the music industry as a whole will be lost as well. And you know what? The Monkees should be nominated and should be elected at some point in time down the road when the prejudice gets out of the way into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame.
3: The only memories I have of the Monkees are the cassette tapes my mom used to make me listen to when I was a kid in the the old Astro van as we drove places. and. I just remember that one song that goes, hey, hey, we're the monkeys, and people say we monkey around, and then I don't remember any of the other lyrics from that. But yeah, I'm sure he will be missed. I know that sounds like you're a fan, and they did appear on Scooby-Doo once, so I will give them props for that, and rest in peace. Rest in peace
0: indeed. Peter Tork, gone from us all too soon. And hey, there might be no more monkey around for him, but our thoughts are with him and his family at this point in time. As we remember, Peter Tork, The Monkees. All right, my friend, it's been a great episode. I know we've had a lot to talk about, my friend, and a lot to run off. There's even more that we need to talk about on the Monday show because we didn't even talk about Amazon's new direction on how they're taking on Netflix with their whole different way of how they're approaching battling Netflix. We didn't even talk about that. We didn't even talk about Shaggy going in being modded into jump force. We didn't even talk about that. And the most important thing, I want to moan and groan about a Hulk Hogan biopic with Chris Hemsworth. But more on that on the Monday episode.
3: Yeah, that was a uh that was a weird left turn type situation in the news. So I'm sure parts of it will be interesting, but who knows? Yeah, but we'll we'll discuss this more later.
0: Until then, all you Hulkamaniacs. Say your prayers and eat your vitamins, brother. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.